Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
That's why you talk about childbirth and all those things. You understand? Wisdom is a great antidote to the curse. Are you there? So point number one is what? There is a curse. Point number two, there's a cure for the curse. Point number three, wisdom is one of the major ways what? To, to neutralize the curse. That's point number three, right? And then point number four, okay, is a great source of wisdom is soul winning. Do you get the logic? Do you get the, the logic? So number one, there's what? Number two? Number three? One is, wisdom is what? One, or, 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 wisdom is an antidote to the case. I said, wisdom, number three is what? And number four is what? So winning gives you what? So when he gives you what? So when he gives you what? So have you seen that? Therefore, when you begin to win souls, you are neutralizing the case. Huh? Because soul winning gives you wisdom. And wisdom neutralizes the case. That's it. Sequential. Hallelujah. So it means you are a great fool if you don't win soul. Hallelujah. So the vision for this year is listen to the message over and over again. And number two, by all means, establish one soul in this church. Make sure that at least before the year ends, there is one person in this church who can say that I am here because of you. Is, is it a good vision? I'm, I'm not going to tell people one, at least one. Yes, a new member, yeah. You bring in one new member. Because the truth of the matter is that all of us can point to somebody who brought us. Do you know you are here because somebody brought you? I said, do you know you are here because somebody brought you? Somebody established you. Hallelujah. So in the same way, vision 10,000, duplicate 
what was done for you. You have from now till the end of the year, and if I will do it this month, I won't wait, to witness to somebody and bring the person to the church so that at the end of the year, 31st December, you can say that, look, I established one person in the church, and therefore the, and therefore the wisdom of soul winning will be with you, and the case will be neutralized. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So the project has begun. Operation Soul Winning. It's a good policy. Somebody, sent me, so, somebody actually sent me a test last night that she and her husband have thrown a challenge. They're going to see who can win more souls this year. And I thought that it's a good challenge. I said it's a good challenge. Instead of throwing a challenge between you and your husband, how to quarrel. It's a challenge about how to win souls. I said, I'd like to join this challenge. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, be wise. Say, be wise. Neutralize the case. Say, establish somebody in the church. Is it okay? Look, this is spiritual thing, so. Amen. Don't say there's no case. You are a fool. Hallelujah. That's why I gave you so the whole year. That's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to the message over and over again. And the highlight of the message is, is kill the case by wisdom. And wisdom is guaranteed for soul winners. Let's just kill the case. Do you love it? So that's how, that, that, that will be our policy. Is it a good policy? I said, is it a good policy? It's a good policy. Hallelujah. Amen. Today I'm going to, um, I've actually ended with my series, but I'm going to share something, a good Christian message for you. Hallelujah. A good Christian message. Amen. How many know that this is our year of greatness? Do you know this is your year of greatness? So say after me, I will be great. I will be great. I shall be great. I, shall be great. I am great. By the, grace of God, by the grace of God, I am great. great. You'll be great. This year, you'll be great. Amen. I said, this year, you'll be great. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, this year, you'll be great. Amen. Like I was sharing in the first service, there are some of you here, people don't respect you. But very soon, before they can see you, they have to fill a form. Amen. I said, before they see you, they, they have to what? Tell them about one day. You may need to fill a form before you can see me. <laughs> Tell that person, now you don't respect me. When I call, you don't even answer. Say, when I, when I call, you don't even answer. But one day, but one day, for you to see me, you have to fill a form. <laughs> Hallelujah. So greatness, our year of greatness, okay? You shall be great. Amen. But I just want to talk to you, like I was talking about, like I shared with you about a cardinal way to get wisdom is so winning. Okay? A cardinal way, one of the things that is very important, please listen to me carefully. 
one of the things that will help you to be great is the ability to prioritize. Are you hearing me? What I call first things first. Today I'm talking about first things first. Proton. Say first things first. You know, it's so important. You see, inherent in your greatness is the ability to do first things first. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you see, when you change the order, it may not have the same effect. When you're supposed to do something and you don't do it, you're supposed to do this number one, but you don't do it, and you do number two. Later on, you can come and do number one, but it doesn't have the same effect. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the ability to, to do number one first and number two second is important. Hallelujah. First things first. Amen. For example, I mean just for example, marriage is very good. How many know marriage is good? You don't believe it, that marriage is good. It's in the Bible. When a man has found a wife, is marriage good? Yeah. And giving birth to a child is also good. Isn't giving birth to a child also good? The Bible says children are what? Do you understand what I'm saying? So they are both good things. But the order. See, the order is important. The order is one, you must marry. And then number two, have a child. That's, the, that's, what, that's what makes it great. You see, but when you reverse the order. You see, when you reverse the order, what can be a blessing can become a problem. So, so when you reverse the order, in other words, like you have a child without getting married. You will be surprised that because you had a child, it can create a problem for you. You're looking at me, I assume you know what I'm talking about. The fact that you have a child without marrying can create a problem for you in the future. Because when another man comes, he says, Honey, I love you, but This trailer, my engine is not strong enough to tow it. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. I mean, occasionally you may meet somebody who can take over, but generally, as a rule of thumb, people don't like trailers. Why are you like that? Is that not the truth? You, you, do, you do like a trailer. Are you hearing me? So, it's, so, so, because the order has been reversed, it creates a problem. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Yeah. So some things are meant to be done first. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're supposed to brush your teeth first. <laughs> you're supposed to brush your teeth first before you eat or talk to people. But, you, but so you wake up, you haven't brushed your teeth, you are talking to people. Even though you may go and brush your teeth later, the effect on the people's nose is already done. <laughs> bad, bad. Yes. Hallelujah. So don't reverse the order. Amen. First things first. Hallelujah. You have to, you have to be careful. Prioritize. Amen. And that's what makes you, 
See, sometimes because the order is changed, you can never achieve it. Hallelujah. A good example is actually education. You see, I'm being honest with you. You are, you, you are actually supposed to be educated before you acquire fam, fa, family responsibilities. <laughs> ideally, I'm talking about ideally, you're supposed to be educated before you acquire what? Ideally. Especially if you're a woman. Because when you acquire the family responsibilities, you begin to realize it's not easy to study again. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. So educate first. Then after that, acquire family responsibilities later. Because the three, four children around you can, can kill your school like that. You need to be very determined to go to school when they're around you. Whereas if you had gone to school when you were single, it's easier. Amen. I'm not saying it cannot be done, but I'm trying to say that it's difficult. Hallelujah. So I'm talking about first things first, proton. Amen. In the same way, in the kingdom of God, okay, spiritually speaking, some things are supposed to be done first, which will make you great. Amen. Are you hearing me? The first thing that needs to be done first for every Christian is Matthew 6.33. For every Christian. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. But seek you what? Seek you what? Seek you what? First. Not second. Not third. But what? You see, some people will seek the kingdom, but they seek it second or third. But God said, no, no, no. Seek what? I want to hear you. Seek what? First. Number one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's the order. Not seek the things. Not chase the things, but seek what? You see, but a lot of Christians have reversed the order. And therefore, we are not getting the things. God is saying that the right order, <laughs> the right order is to seek the kingdom first. Hallelujah. Listen, people, you see, you can be saved at a later age. Okay? Anybody can be saved. The Bible says can save Anybody can be saved. You can be saved at a later age. And you can be saved at a younger age. But I want to tell you something. See, the truth of the matter is that it's a blessing to be saved early. It's a blessing to find the kingdom early. Because if you get, if you, when you are saved later on, even though you are saved, certain mistakes have already followed you. Are you hearing me? Yeah, I mean, yes. You see, certain mistakes have already begin to begin to have effect on you. That is why it is a blessing to be saved early. Hallelujah. Seek the kingdom first. People who are saved young have a far better advantage because they have not exposed themselves to certain pains and certain problems. 
Hallelujah. That is why I'm always on the young ones to be saved. Amen. So that, so that certain pain and certain problems are avoided. Hallelujah. Seek first. Seek first. You see, the word seek means search. Hallelujah. You see, in life, in life, there are many things you, go, you search for. Okay? In life, as you go through life, you seek for a job. Don't you seek for a job? Don't you see the advert, job seekers? You seek for what? A job. You seek for school. You seek for marriage. There are a lot of things we seek. Hello, are you here with me? And a lot of things we seek for. So, they are not wrong. You don't have to get a job. You have to get a wife. You have to get education. These are all things that you seek. But the Bible says that but the, the number one thing you need to seek for is first the kingdom. That should be your number one priority. Hallelujah. Seek the kingdom first. So that things will line up properly. Amen. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday I was talking to somebody who was trying to relocate. And among all the things that he was talking about, he was talking about, he, he, he was talking, you see, these are all good things. He was talking about, oh, he's looking for a good school district. It's good to look for a good school district. Don't, don't get me wrong. A, a, a good community to live in, a good a house to live in. These are all good things. As he was talking and talking and talking, and talking and then I said, you have not mentioned the most important thing. I said, what? I said, you have not told me the church. Like, the things you are looking for. A good school district. You have certain parameters. I want a good school district. I want a good neighborhood. I need this. I need that. So those are the things that you are guiding you to, to choose where to stay. But the most important thing, which is a good church, you have not factored it. I said, look, you can go to the good neighborhood, the good school district. If you don't find a good church, the very child you are trying to protect can be wayward. Are you hearing me? So I told her, look, number one thing, what should guide you? And I'm telling all of us, you are moving, you are relocating. There's nothing against moving or relocating. But make sure that wherever you are going, the number one thing is a good church. The kingdom first. Don't, you see, don't choose a job that will take your church away. I'm, I, I, I'm telling you how, how don't choose a job that will take a church away. Don't choose a school that will take your church away. Because you see, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So the first thing that should guide you is a good church. You should be able to say, oh, I got this good job here. It is very nice. They are paying me well, but there's no good church near it, so I'm not going. Seek first. But a lot of us, we seek those things, then after we think about church. Now, you make a mistake. Are you hearing me? Seek first. The kingdom. Hallelujah. Yeah. You must always make sure that things are okay in the church. Hallelujah. Yeah. Seek first. Seek first. The kingdom. Seek first. The kingdom. Yeah. Don't take, don't take things that would... See, I'm a good, don't take things that would take you away from the church. 
just pick a school, oh, it's a good school, it's an Ivy League. Look, excuse me to say, to go to an Ivy League and come out and perish, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? You send your daughter to an Ivy League. When she came out and said, Mommy, I want to marry a girl, will you be happy with it? Have you seen how it's been a waste? No matter what she brings, the fact that the very... Is somebody hearing me? Yeah. Seek first. Tell everybody, seek first the kingdom. Say, seek first the kingdom. Say, always take important decisions with, with your church in mind. Yeah. And all other things. Unless, unless, unless you don't believe the Bible. It didn't say that all the other things are bad. It says that just get the others right. Hallelujah. And God is saying that when you get this right, it takes everything falls in place. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So don't take decisions based on money, time, fame. See, that's why when I was very happy when Reverend Joe came to play the bass. Because you see, we have a bass guitarist who's not here. But because he, he cares about the kingdom, even though he's a reverend, he came to play the bass. He said, make sure that the church is working. Just to make sure. Hallelujah. Seek first. Amen. Don't take decisions without thinking about your salvation, your soul, the church. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number two, first thing you need to do. I'm talking about some important first things. Or proton, first things first. You can title the first things first. Proton. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, verse 23 to 24. Matthew 5, 23 to 24. Matthew 5, 23. It says that, therefore, I'm reading the Bible, so everybody read the Bible. It says, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, so you come to the altar with your gift. Okay? You come to the altar with your gift. Hmm. And there, Remembers that thy house, and then remembers that thy brother, remember that thy brother had ought against thee. You come to the altar with your gift, and while you are standing at the altar, maybe can I get some basket or some altar, some gift? You've come with your altar. We come to the altar. Which this is your gift. You brought it. And whilst you are standing there, you remember that, ah, your cousin, your husband, your sister, your friend, that brother had, has a problem with you. What does he tell you to do? Number, verse 24. Leave, that, leave there thy gift before the altar. Say, leave it. And it's very important. Because when the altar comes, when the, when the gift comes to the altar, you're not supposed to go back. <laughs> I say when the altar comes, when the gift comes to the altar, it is not supposed to what? So you so say, leave it, don't take it back. In case you go and you don't come back. That's for the gift, leave it here. <laughs> Do you understand? 
I believe that's what God is saying. Because you can make the mistake of going back with the gift and you won't come back again. So say, look. <laughs> leave it here. You leave it here. Okay? Leave thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First, what is the word there? What? First what? Be, first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer your gift. Do you get it? I said, do you get it? It says, you have come to church with your... I'm coming down to preach to you. You have come down... You see, you have come to church. Okay? You have come to church with your nice gift. You've prepared it for the Lord. And then you've come. And then when you got there, you remember you had a quarrel. That's somewhere that you hit. There's a problem at home. He says you don't take the gift back. No, no, no. You leave it. And then you go. Say, my brother, I'm very sorry. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Forgive me. Everything okay? My brother says yes. Then you come back. And then. What, has, what, is, what, what is the Bible trying to say? God is trying, you see, God is trying to tell us that he values relationship more than your sacrifice. He values relationship what? Yeah. 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 So you've come to do a lot of sacrifice, but you are walking in unforgiveness. Yeah. Are you hearing me? So, it is number one, forgive. Number one is what? I said number one is what? Tell your friend, number one, what? Tell the person, I know you do a whole lot of things in church. Tell the person, I know you do a whole lot in church. But you need to forgive me first. Before you, forgive me first. Number one. Number one is forgive. Are you hearing me? Number one is what? Because God sees the importance. God said, look, I know, I don't, I like your offering and your sacrifice. He likes it. That's why he said, leave it. If he didn't like it, he would have said, take it back. He said, leave it. Okay, I hope that point is clear. He likes your offering. He likes the sacrifice. He likes what you are doing. But all that he's saying to you is that relation, forgive. Hallelujah. So it also means that, yes, I like the way you sing in the choir. I like the way you worship. Yes, you are coming to lead worship, but go make sure that you have not quarreled. If your husband has annoyed you, you must go and apologize before he comes and sing to us. <laughs> yeah. You cannot quarrel with your husband and you are annoyed. Then you come and, Lord, I No, no, go, 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 go. Are you hearing me? Oh, you cannot quarrel with your wife. Then you come to church. You want to come and lead us? No, no. Go and you come to lead a prayer meeting where you quarrel with your wife. No, don't go. No, no. It's a good word. I said it's a good word. These are the words of Jesus Christ. You see, and and, and let me even take it further. You say, and your brother. 
Go back. 23. And that remember that your brother had or something might have some. Not that you have something against somebody. You. Somebody has some, someone has something against you. You know? You know? Listen. If bring your foot. If I step on your foot like this, okay? If I do this, I have offended you. You I have stepped on your foot. Do you get it? So I owe you an apology. Right? Don't I owe an apology? Yeah. But you are wrong. Whether I apologize or not, you have to forgive me. When when I owe you an apology, but you owe me forgiveness. Did you hear what I said? Yes, it's true. I owe you an apology. But you owe me what? I offended you, so I don't have to forgive you. You have to forgive me. Yeah. Wow. So those of us who are waiting for apology before we forgive. Mm. Well, Reverend, Reverend, you know, I understand. I can walk in love. But Reverend, he has to apologize first. Wrong. Bad, bad. He does not have to apologize first. Reverend, no, I understand. Reverend, I understand. Reverend, I understand, you know? I understand what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I don't have anything against him, but Reverend, he has to see that he was wrong. Why? You don't like my message? You are killing me. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying here, right? Yes. Owe you an apology, that is true, but you don't need an apology to forgive. You are supposed to forgive me. So, the more people owe you, the more you owe them, for the more people offend you, the more forgiveness you owe them. And the Bible says that, Oh, no man, anything except love, oh, no man, anything, what. So when you owe me forgiveness and you don't give it to me. So some of you are in debt of forgiveness. You owe me. So, I'm sure she owe you some forgiveness, right? Hmm? The other way. <laughs> She's saying the other way. You think he owes you a lot of forgiveness, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you are always offending her. Yeah. The bad, bad, bad. Look, God is saying that, look. I would rather. You see, God likes the sacrifice. But I say, first things first. Listen, let's prioritize. Don't come and shake, sing, dance, and do all this when you are walking in unforgiveness. Hey. You see, and your unforgiveness is legitimate. Don't, look, unless you are mad. You see, it's only mad people who are angry when nobody has offended them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's only people who are mad. Who are angry at people? You see, you are, it's only mad people who are hurt when nobody has done anything to them. But every normal, rational human being, when he's offended, there's a good reason. Isn't that what it is? There is a good reason why you're offended. I mean, and, and even to more, more, to, more to so, you know, if you go.
go out, like the sorry, Apostle John was saying, if you go out and somebody throws something at you, pow! And then you ice and you look. And you say, the fact that the guy has no shoes, he's not wearing pants, he's spitting. What will you do? You just move on because you know it's not in the right sense of Exactly. You understand? You, you, you don't argue and get angry. You rather move to safety. But when you pow and you turn and it's your brother or your sister. Then that's another. There's another case. <laughs> that one you get angry. Are you hearing me? Because you don't expect that thing from that person. So when people are hurt or when people are offended, there usually is a good reason. I mean, there are one or two people where there's no reason. I know those people too. <laughs> so, one or two people, you wonder why you mean it. But, but, but by and large, most normal human beings, there's a good reason why they are hurt. One or two people, you know, they are But normally. So it's not, it's not about what the person did. It's about you, you owe the person forgiveness. And God is saying, that, look, I'd rather you forgive the person before you come and do all this shenanigans in the church. Shenanigans is a word. You come, you are going, you are coming, you are dancing, you are lifting your leg. Meanwhile, you don't talk to your husband. No, go, go, go back, go back, go back, go back. You don't talk to your wife. You are so annoyed with your wife. Come on, go back. Go back. Are you hearing me? It's not that what you are doing is wrong. But I say, go and reverse the other is Forgive. Go and apologize. Because you see, the Bible said that as much as lies in your power, be at peace with all men. Hallelujah. I said, as much as what lies in your power, be at peace with all men. So don't demand apology before you forgive. Tell your neighbor, have you heard? I will never apologize. (laughs) Tell the person, have you heard? heard? I will never apologize. If you forgive me, it's your own problem. In debt, you are the words. No, it's nice to apologize. Okay, it's nice to apologize, but don't demand it. Amen. If you're a Christian, of course, if you're a Christian, you should not struggle to apologize. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wrong is wrong. Because the other side is that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. So as you are not apologizing, wait, somebody will also do it to you. That. Hallelujah. But the key I want to share with you here is that don't wait for apology to forgive. That's the key. Do not wait for apology. That's all. (laughs) Hallelujah. I hope you are here with me. Yeah. That's the key. That's that's the second point. Because Jesus Christ said, he said, first, first, go and reconcile. Go and make peace with the person. Before you bring all this sacrifice. Hallelujah. 
All right, so that's number two, right? Number three. Five important things you must learn to do first. Number three is, um, I don't know whether I should put this one number three, but you take it like that. Because it's very important. Number three. Matthew 23. Listen, these are all the words of Jesus Christ. If your Bible is, if, if, if your Bible is all read, this is not Peter speaking. This is not Paul speaking. This is, not, this is Jesus Christ, the master himself. He's given us the important highlights. Hallelujah. It's like going to write an exam. And then the examiner tells you, for this exam, I want you to study A, B, C, D. That is different from the T. Or the T is the T, right? Yeah. You understand? He's the, he, he did not set the questions. The one who said the questions said, look, I said the questions and I said, go and study uh, cell biology, read about osmosis, read about photosynthesis, read about uh, uh, what else? Diffusion. He's the one who said the question. It's not the same as the TA coming to say, well, because he did not set the question. So these are the words of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the founder of Christianity. I died for Christianity. I shed my blood for you, and I say that these are the order. This is the priority. Seek my kingdom first. Number two, always learn to walk in forgiveness. Don't, don't de- wait for an apology. I will prefer you forgive people before you even do your sacrifice. Number three, Matthew 23, 25 to 26. 25, let's go to 25 to 26. Once again, Jesus Christ, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. You make clean the outside, but inside, full of rotten bones. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse what? Cleanse what? Cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter. That the outside, then you see. He said, look, you are a hypocrite. That hypocrite. You liar. You polish the outside. You look good on the outside. You are inside full of rotten bones. Listen, don't deceive me. I would rather you clean your inside first. Do you know what he's saying to us? Don't be a hypocrite. Sunday you are like the most holiest of Christians. Monday another human being. I'm preaching. Hypocrite! You look good on the outside. But inside... Appearance. You always want to impress people. Jesus said, look, I am, not, I am not impressed with your outward show. When was the last time you had your quiet time? When was the last time you walked in holiness? You look good on the outside, but inside you are rotting bones. He says, look, I'm not impressed. Deal with the inside first, and then the outside will take care of itself. <laughs> Let's deal with the inside first. You hypocrites. Because you see, some Christians learn to put on outward show. 
No inside, they are, they are not. He said, look, deal with the inside. In other words, what is that once the inside is correct, it will just reflect on the outside. Hallelujah. Once the inside is clean, amen. Hypocrites. Say you look very clean on the outside. More inside, full of rotten bones. In other words, don't, don't be, Christianity is only, not only on Sunday. Sunday you look holy. Monday, I don't know what, it's like you are rotten. Tuesday you are rotten. Sunday come, no, 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 hypocrite. I don't like hypocrisy. I don't like hypocrisy. That's what he was saying. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let what I see on the outside reflect what is on the inside. Don't be a hypocrite. Hallelujah. Like some ladies. You come out looking very glorious. Why the room that you came from is like Afghanistan. <laughs> You come, I should come, I should come down again. You look so clean. I mean, your hair, every strand is in place. But if we were to go to your bedroom, why your hair, your nail, you're so smooth. But if we were to go to your house, the kitchen sink, they are both in the kitchen sink for three days. We come to the laundry room, your underwears are packed like it's smelly. Well, you look good on the outside. Whitewashed. The brother may be impressed, but God is not impressed. Look. So, sometimes if you, maybe sometimes if you want to marry somebody or be, try to visit the person unannounced and see. It's a good policy. I said, said, try and do an unannounced visit. Suddenly, you ring the door, but say, hello. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I was in the area and I decided to come and see you. Do an unannounced visit. Yeah. 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 Pastor David said, don't go alone. Go in the company of another brother. That's also a good policy. Before you generate a second problem, so you... Yeah. Whitewashed. You look so... Listen, listen to me. Are you listening to me? Don't... You look so nice. Everything's smooth. No, you can't cook. <laughs> No. She, every day, she, no, 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 no. You see, so if you are deceived with the night, no, 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 no. It's nice on the outside, but inside is rotten. Can't cook, can't clean. It's true. Some of them, they even look very poly, but they haven't bath. They ain't bad. They haven't bath. <laughs> That's bad, bad. Yeah. A woman, you haven't bath for two days. Why you always doing? I said, a woman, you have not bathed for two days. You are always doing makeup. 
bad, bad, bad. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Hallelujah. So that's what? That's number three? Number. Huh? Number three, hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Okay? Number four is um, prayer first. What do I say? Matthew 12, 29. Matthew 12, 29. Look, if you have your Bible, these are all the words of Jesus. So. In Matthew 12, 29, he said that, or else... How can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods? Except he first bind a strong man and then he will spoil his house. Except he what? Have you seen the word first again? Except he what? Proton. He said, how can you go into a strong man's house and take the person's goods without first proton, number one, overpowering him? Hallelujah. Without overpowering him. The only way you can take the strong man's goods, you must bind him first. Hallelujah. This is in reference to prayer. The devil is a strong man. And the only way you can take what belongs to you is you must first of all bind him. That is why it is a mistake not to pray first before you take any major decision. You hear what I said? It's a mistake not to pray first. It's a mistake. Because prayer binds the devil. I said prayer binds the devil. So don't do things without praying first. That is why it's a mistake to get out of a house in the morning without praying. That's why we talk about quiet time, quiet time, quiet time. There are so many devils out there. Why do you leave your house without praying? You must bind the strong man first. I say you must what? Bind the strong man first. Look, I'll be watching your phone. Look, you see? If I want this phone, let's say this, this, this phone is for me. Stand in front of the phone. Stand in front. Stand up, yeah. You come and take the phone, you. Try and take the phone. Without, without binding you first. Huh? You're standing there. He hasn't prayed. He's just coming for your phone. This is a strong man. What will you do? Try to take the phone. <laughs> You can have all the wish, but he will not allow you to take the phone. Because he's a strong man. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Do you understand? So the, you have to overpower him. And looking at your size, you can never overpower him. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So the only way to overcome is to get some, a, a force to bind him. Do you get it? A stronger force. To overpower him. Michael, come. 
So this is your prayer. This is your this is your angel, your prayer. Do you understand? So this is prayer. So prayer is that this is a stronger force. I'm showing you prayer. Listen, come here. Can you all see? Okay. So so this so this is your so prayer is that you cannot take this thing. So you go to this prayer. You go and make your request to him. That tell him what do you want. What do you want? What do you want? The phone. So we said, please, I want the phone. Can I have the phone? Huh? Yeah, yes. please, I, have, I want the phone. Can I have the phone? Oh. And then he goes and do what? Aha! And aha! Aha! Let me see. Aha! So he goes and throws the strong man away. Do you see the revelation? So he goes and does what? Throw the strong man away so that you can have your phone. So if you get up for the phone without consulting prayer, a stronger force, you can never. That's what you must first. You must what? First what? Bind. So we need Michael to bind Abeku so that you can get the phone. You are a saint, a holy man of God. Amen. I'm, I'm not done. No. So, does it mean once I, I pray, once I'm done? The answer is no. Listen to me. You, it is a continual thing. Because, come, come again. You see? One more time. You see? You took him. What other what do you have? Your wallet. Where's your wallet? Bring the wallet. iPad. Bring the iPad. You see? The fact that you displace him and got the phone. But in life, you need, you need more than the phone. Yeah. Now you need an iPad. The fact that you moved him away and he gave you the phone, that's no mean that the iPad is empty. He will come back again. You have to bind him again to get the iPad. Are you hearing me? So those who think that I have prayed once and that is it, you are deceived. Because Satan is one of the most persistent beings. He is recurrent. When he tempted Jesus, the Bible says he left for a season. The devil does not go away forever. That is why you have to keep on praying. Because your prayer only destroys Jesus for a while. Look, that's a revelation. You can't kill the devil. You cannot kill him. Your prayer only pushes him aside. So that you quickly can snatch the phone. Immediately he comes back. So stop saying that I prayed. No, 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 no. You prayed, you, you have to keep on binding him. Because all that you do with all your prayer. You see, the only, the only time that Satan will be bound forever. It's when Christ comes. The Bible says when Jesus Christ comes, then he will bind him forever and put him in the bottomless place. For now, we only destroy, you push him only a little so you can quickly grab what you want and come back again. That's why Jesus Christ said, men always ought to pray and not to faint. You cannot stop praying. Tell your neighbor you cannot stop praying. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Father, thank you for Abeku. Thank you that he's a saint. He binds demons. Amen. Amen. I have to pray for you. He buys demons. Yeah. So you can't say that I'm tired. No, you cannot. Men always ought to pray. Your prayer only just pushed him a little. Even Jesus Christ, the Bible says he left him for a season. 
Reverend, ah, uh, my, my husband, uh, we have from every time we pray and there's peace. Uh, and uh, very soon, uh, we pray for her, there's peace. By the time I realize the problem has come back again, yes, it will come back again. So you keep on praying, you don't stop. Yeah, because the devil does not stop. Amen. So stop saying that, oh, somebody told me, I'm tired of praying for this marriage. I pray, I pray, I get a breakthrough. He doesn't change. He comes back again. No, because you are dealing with the devil. You have to keep on praying. You dislodge, you get your peace. He comes back again. You dislodge, he gets your peace. That is continual. Hallelujah. Amen. First, mind a strong man. Don't attempt anything without prayer. Because you won't succeed. I can tell you, you won't succeed. I can tell you without a shadow of doubt that when you attempt without prayer, you will not, because you cannot take something from the dead stronger without binding him first. So don't even make that mistake. Hallelujah. That's why I don't have to go and talk to you. That's why... That's why you don't go and confront your boss without praying. I'm going to see him. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. I'm going, I'm going to tell him my peace of mind. Oh, go tell him your peace of mind. <laughs> you can tell him your peace of mind. He will give you a hell of life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, God. Are you getting blessed? It's a good message. Finally. John 20, 19. John 20, 19. John 20, 19. The Bible says, talking about Jesus Christ, when he came back, when he, he resurrected. He said that, then the same day at evening, being what? Are you reading the Bible? Being what? Being what? Being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. I've heard people ask me all the time, why do you go to church on Sunday? This is the reason. The Sabbath was the last day, Saturday. Sabbath is Saturday. God said you shall rest on the Sabbath. This argument has gone to around. But when Jesus Christ resurrected, the first day he, the, the, the day he appeared unto the disciples was the first day, not the last day. Being the first day of the week. And Sunday. So from that time, it became a tradition so that the apostles and disciples always met on the first day because that's when the Lord met them. Is somebody hearing me? So it means that Christianity is equivalent to coming to church on the first day of the week. The place is quiet. It means that if you are a Christian or a follower of Christ, then this is how the disciples started. This is how the church started. That's why Sunday became the day of worship. Because Jesus appeared to them on the first day of the week, which was Sunday. So from that time, the tradition continued. So before the week, every first day of the week, they met. 
So, Christianity means church on Sunday. First. Church first. You begin your week with church. I say you begin your week with what? You begin your week with what? Yes, you have a lot of things to do, but you start the week with church. Hallelujah. Christians. So when is the first day of the week and we don't see you? You wonder whether who you are following. Because the one, the one that you followed, he met them on the first day of the week. First things first. God expects us to come to church on the first day of the week. Is somebody hearing me? Oh, Reverend, some Sundays I work. Hey, I beg you. I'm not saying don't work, but pray and believe God that one day you'll be released so that your Sundays will be spent in church. Because that's the order. That's the order. Before you get mingled with all the secular world, bosses and things, come and seek God. Come and commit the first. God is so particular about the first. That's why I say the first and the best. So when you give God the first day of the week, then he blesses the rest of the week for you. Don't say amen, I'm telling you. When you give God the first day of the week, then he blesses the rest of the week for you. The same thing with tight. When you give him the first fruit, he blesses the rest. So don't be happy that you can't come to church on Sunday. Don't be happy. It should be a prayer topic. Yeah. I, listen to me. I also work. I also work. And some time ago in my career, I had that problem. And I tell you, I was the most miserable person to be seen in that emergency room on Sunday. I felt miserable. On Sunday, when I'm in that, that emergency room, I feel like a fish out of water. Come and see, if you come and see on Monday night, I'm at my best. I'm performing. But on Sunday morning, I'm like a fish out of water. And I pray. And I believe God. And it was changed forever. Yeah. So I'm not telling something that I've not done before. So don't be happy. Listen, listen. Don't be happy. Amen. Don't be excited. Believe God that for the first day of the week, you will become this. You assemble together. Hallelujah. Believe God. Listen. When the Sunday is blessed, the Monday becomes easier. The Tuesday becomes easier. The Wednesday becomes easier. When the Sunday is not blessed, the Monday takes off on the table. By the Wednesday, you are so annoyed. Hmm? You are tired. Hallelujah. So as for me, listen. That is why, listen to me, listen to me. The first day of the week is not meant for you to do your laundry. I'm preaching. Sunday, Reverend, I've worked all week, so I need Sunday to do my laundry. No. Laundry on Saturday, you, have, you could have done your laundry on Saturday night, not Sunday morning. Preaching. You don't understand the importance of the first day of the week. That's when the Lord appeared. 
Listen to me. Sunday service, being in church on Sunday is not the same as watching, te watching television, uh, Christian television program. They are not the same. Don't be deceived. Oh, Reverend, I will do my laundry and I'll turn on TBN. It's not the same. They assembled together. They were not watching TV together. <laughs> I'm preaching. I said they were, they were assembled together. And then Jesus appeared. They were not watching television together. Sunday morning is not for your laundry. Sunday morning. You are now going to do your hair on Sunday morning. I've been busy week, so Sunday morning is the time I need to catch up with my sleep. Catch up with your sleep. And some of you, some of you, you the reason why you even come late, I'm preaching to you. You see, first day, the reason they were assembled together. Some of you, the reason why you even come to church late on a Sunday is that Sunday morning when you wake up, and now that you are doing the dishes, why did you do the dishes Saturday night? I'm asking. Now Sunday morning, when it's time to go to church, you are now doing the dishes. Sunday morning, you're supposed to wake up, pray, worship, and come to church, and live at that seeking first the kingdom. The dishes can wait when we come back. Don't, Sunday morning is not time for this. And some of you men, you like to groom. Look, I know, it's nothing wrong. You, you want to look cute. There's nothing wrong about grooming. You understand? So don't wake up. Sunday morning, it's not like you are trimming your beard. Then you, you use the electric shiver. Sunday, why did you do that on Saturday night? When it's time to go to church, now you are spending a month, two hours, you are making all of us late, just grooming. Are you in church today? Am I preaching to you? You are not grooming. Uh, thank you. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good message. Yeah. You yeah, are grooming. Sunday morning. Emmanuel. Two hours. It's nice to groom, but you could have groomed on Saturday night. You could have cut your hair on Saturday night. I'm preaching. Yes. And the woman, makeup. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. We know you have a lot of clothes. We know your wardrobe is full. So please, for time's sake, choose the clothes Saturday night, not Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm preaching. For time's sake, we beg you. Choose the clothes Saturday night. Yes. Being the first day of the week. Yeah, Sunday morning, you are not. You choose this jacket. Then you choose this uh, pants. Then you go. Then you come. No, 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 no. Then you choose this shoe. Why don't you select it Saturday instead of lying Saturday night and watching television and chatting? Select your clothes so that being the first day of the week, you can assemble. 
Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Christianity was born with the assembling of the saints on the first day of the week. And therefore, it should not become, you shouldn't even think twice. It should become second nature that on Sunday morning, I wake up, I pray, I worship, I come to church. It's, it, 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 you know, it's, if somebody says, oh, I want to have, you are doing business, you are a businessman. If somebody says, I want to meet you on Sunday morning, tell you, no, 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 can we meet after? You don't set your, look, why set an appointment on the Lord's day? Knowing very well that except the Lord build, you build in vain. Except the Lord watch, you watch in vain. When God has not blessed that thing, no matter what you do, it will only bring you a case. So please tell the person, I need my blessing on Sunday morning. I'll see you Sunday 3 o'clock. We'll meet at McDonald's and talk about the deal. But on Sunday morning, I beg you, I respect it. Do you know why? The people, the people who are blessed most are the Jews and they don't joke with their God. You can never get them to do anything on their Lord's day. Never. Never. The day they save their God, the day they save their God, you cannot get them to do anything. And they are moguls. You with your small money. I mean, I mean, it's, it doesn't come up for discussion. That you can go and talk to them. Right from the world, they tell you from day one that Sabbath, Friday night, Yeah. You with your small money. You are compromising with demons. Now, you must cherish your God. You must remember that the, the disciples met on the first day of the week. Don't start your week without meeting among the disciples. So that God will bless it. And when God blesses it, no demon can stop you. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Purify my heart. Let it be as gold and precious silver. Purify my heart. Let it be as gold. Pure. Cleanse me from my sins. Oh, Holy Spirit. 
the first day of the week they assembled yes Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord cleanse me from my we come in the first day of the week before any project any business anywhere commit it to you Lord for those of us who are having problems Father we pray give us the grace and the mercy Open the doors. Make a way for us. Make a way for us. That we can assemble our God. Every first day of the week. Make a way, Lord. Make a way. Lord, make a way. Grant us favor. For it is our desire. It's our desire. It's our desire. To be in your sanctuary. To be in your presence. He said they assemble together. In the first day of the week, Lord. close and every head bow. This Sunday afternoon you are here, you are not born again. The Bible says that except a man be born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It means you need to be born again first before you can enter the kingdom of God. And to be born again is, is very simple. It means you must believe in Jesus Christ in your heart, number one. It means you must confess with your mouth, number two. It means and it must be in the presence of other people, number three. So you cannot stay in your room and say, I prayed quietly and I gave my life to Christ. No, it must done before other people. That's what the Bible says. So if you have not done this thing publicly, I mean, public means before other people. It doesn't have to be a crowd, but before other people, before somebody else. If you have not done this before somebody else, publicly, it means you are probably not born again, and you need to be born again. And this afternoon, I want to give you another chance to be born again. You want to be a good Christian. So with every eye closed, please close your eyes and bow down your head, and I don't want any movement. You want to be born again. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Please lift up your hand so we can do this for you. If you haven't done it before, do it. Because there's room at the cross. There's room. There's opportunity for you at the cross. So do it. Do it. Don't accept. Don't assume. Make no assumption. I just want to make sure. If you haven't done it, do it. If you haven't done this, do it. You must be born again. You should be sure about that. You should be sure about that. You should be sure about that. You need to be sure about that. So if you're not sure, do it now. If you're not sure, do it now. Just make sure you are sure. Father, we thank you for this congregation. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that has purchased us. Thank you that we are saved. And we look forward to eternity. We are not afraid of eternity because we are born again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Put your hand together for the Lord and be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to... We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapesandpublications at yahoo.com.